welcome back yes. to News 2. You've visited us many, many times, and this time we are celebrating this remarkable feat of what you've done with this Quentin Close-Ups format. I mean, this has been a tremendous success in this community, an opportunity for people to hear their, to have their stories told. And you help that. You help give them a platform, a place where they can share their stories, their passions, their concerns. Yeah, and, and you know, it's been a blessing from God to be able to do what I do because it's something very unique. And you know, a lot of people love the local television news stations, but they feel like they don't get enough time. So that's where I come in and pick up and allow people to say what they need to say and still provide a public service. So, you know, I'm just happy to help, you know, in any way I can. And this is how I'm helping with Quentin's close-ups. I know that it's been at least 25 years, right? Yes. Would you say 25 years we've known each other? Right. So you are in your mid to late 30s now. Yeah. I remember you were about 12 years old at the time I was working at WCSC-TV in Charleston, and you would come to the TV station. Yes, I, asked, I was actually on a field trip one day with one of my mentors, and I said, you know, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be involved in broadcasting news. So at the time, I sent a letter to the then uh, news director telling him that I wanted to be in broadcast news. And, you know, he allowed me to come, what was it, the weekends? I was there the weekends, I was there at nights. Sometimes I'll show up in the mornings and they kick me out. <laughs> but that's how bad I wanted to be involved with broadcasting news because that was such a passion. And now looking back, I knew that's what God wanted me to do. And here I am. Why was it so interesting to you? You were, you know, 10, 12 years old. What about it piqued your interest? Oh, just the fact that you all, you know, even to this day, you hit me when going back to your career, you helped a lot of people with troubleshooter, you know, and, you know, deadbeat dads and all of those uh, initiatives that you helped with the public with. And I just felt like there was a way that I could help, the, you know, serve the public as well. So, you know, that's why I, I decided to, you know, focus my passion, my time, my energy on broadcasting news. And I just loved how fascinating the news change and how you all quickly got the news out to the people. Even back then, you all did a phenomenal job without the technology we have today. <laughs> the only thing you've ever wanted to do was to be a journalist? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I guess a couple of times in elementary school, I thought I could be a veterinarian or something, but... I mean, I love animals, but I don't, I don't know how to take him like that. And did your teachers encourage it? Not really. It was just a uh, independent, you know, decision on my part just to be a, to want to be a veterinarian. That is, and that's what I wanted to do. But then when I saw all the fascination with broadcasting news and journalism, I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I really want to do because I think back in elementary school at Walmart J. Frazier, which is like right down the street from where I live, <laughs> ironically, I drew a photo of me being on the Channel Five set. And that I knew then that's that was God speaking to me like this is what you're supposed to do, and yeah, I drew myself on the set with a Weber anchor and a sports anchor, and gosh, yeah, that that's that's really what started me and my passion with broadcasting news and journalism. And what about your family? Did your family encourage your interest in being a journalist? No. No, now, well, back then they kind of laughed at it, but now they, they take me more seriously <laughs> with what I'm doing. But no, not back then, no. It was, again, that, that was an individual decision on my part. And what about college after, you know, high school? And yeah. did you go to college? Was that how you pursued this path? Yeah, 2005, I was here as a production assistant, uh, Channel 2, temp temporarily. And, you know, of course, at after, well, during the day I was at Trident Tech, you know, getting my classes done and, 
that's, yeah, I went there to get my, you know, core requirements out of the way. And then eventually I transferred into the College of Charleston to major in communication. But that wasn't the only school I wanted to go to. I really, really, going back to Chicago, I wanted to go to Northwestern University, but I got rejected. And I, so I tried again and tried again. And, you know, finally um, I got accepted to DuPaul and Loyola. And those are the two schools I wanted to go to, but I couldn't because at, at that time the prices were so expensive for college like they are now. But, yeah, that's what I wanted to do, go to college and, you know, major in communication. But I was able to stay here home and just imagine if I didn't stay here, something else would have happened to me, mm -hmm. but in a good way. You came up with the idea of Quentin's Close Up. Yeah. How did that idea originate? I was working at WLCN TV in Somerville, and I had my own interview web show, Quentin Reports, and they switched over to different ownerships, so a lot of us had to leave. So I guess six, seven months later, I got the vision from God to just do you know interviews on my own. So if you remember Sydney Butler, she gave me a flip video camera one time to do some interviews for WLCN. So that particular camera was still working, so I picked it up, used it, and started filming on my own with Quentin's close-ups. So May 24, 2012 was my first interview with Larry Kabrowski, who's now running for Charleston County Council. And, you know, that's, that, that's how Quentin's close-ups began, with a flip video camera and, you know, questions in my hands on paper, not like I do now with my phone. Right. So after 10 years of doing this, when you think back to that very first interview, yes. what was it like? I look back at the interview now, it's horrendous, video-wise, <laughs> audio-wise. I just thank God for the upgrades that I have now, but you know, I, I had to stop somewhere, so that's where I started. And thank God I had a flip video camera, because otherwise, Quentin's close-up wouldn't be in existence. What was the reaction initially in those early years when you would ask someone for an interview? Oh, they, you know, due to the grace of God, they said yes. I mean, I got maybe two or three no's, but everybody else said, yeah. I was shocked, but you know, even to this day, <laughs> you know, people are like, yeah, we know about Quentin's close-ups now, but back then still, I mean, I was trying to get myself out there, trying to get to you know, know people, and people were trying to get to know me, and that's still the same, still the case today, uh -huh. but I would say, mm, 50%, maybe 60% of people don't know who I am and what I do with Quentin's close-up, so that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Is there any through line that you've seen in terms of how people respond when you come to them asking for an interview? Generally, you know that people will say yes, or what have you personally discovered as a journalist about the way people respond when you ask? They know that I care about what they're interested in talking about, and you know, I can, give them, a, again, a platform to say what they need to say in a more broader sense. And that people generally want to talk. Yes, People yes. want to tell their stories. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I think people are always surprised that people very often say yes. I mean, yes. it's very rare that someone will say no. no. So you created what you wanted. You know, someone wasn't gonna hand you something, so you said, well, then I'll make my own. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, no, none of the television stations here, you know, I love them all, but I went to all of them in the beginning of Quintus Close Up to say, hey, can I get a weekly, you know, interview segment? Not that I'm trying to, you know, be pompous or arrogant, but I thought it was another extension of me helping the public by getting those interviews out to the people, but they said no. So that's how Quintus Close Up began as well, with my own creativity and starting it on my own. And as you see, through the grace of God, it's been a success. What was your idea for this segment? What did you want it to be? Oh, just me speaking with, you know, all the newsmakers in Charleston. I mean, any and everybody. I just wanted to speak to them and give them a platform to speak. 
And that's how Quentin's close-ups really came about as well. And it hasn't always been easy, has it, Quentin? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. There were some bumps in the roads, you know, trying to get to college, trying to do this, trying to do that. Mom had breast cancer, stepfather had stroke, you know, all of these things. But I overcame those things because of the grace of God and Jesus. Tell me about receiving notice from Congressman Cunningham. He basically, you know, called me up out of the blue one day at home. And, you know, this was later in 2020. He basically called me up and said, hey, we love what you do, you know, here in, in D.C. and beyond. You do great public service for the community. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. But he said, like, we're going to honor you on the floor tomorrow, you know, and be ready at this time, you know, to see the recording of this. So it was just out of the blue. But, you know, it was just amazing, to, you know, to see my work be recognized by someone that powerful in one of the most powerful cities in, in, the, in the world, Washington, D.C., particularly in Congress. And not only at that level, but also the state level, too. Yeah, in 2014, uh, State Representative Wendell Guillard, uh, you know, he gave me a state rep, uh, a House resolution on behalf of the House representatives for my work with Quentin's close-ups. And it's, he basically said in, in that resolution that, you know, it, it, was my, it was the powerful impact of my interviews. That's why they gave me the House resolution at that time, 2014. Now, yes. I remember, and this has been, you know, at least 20 years ago, I was working in Chicago right. at WBBM, yes, yes. and someone came to my office and said, Carolyn, there's someone here to see you, and I walked out, and it was you <laughs> in Chicago for the Chicago Marathon. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 2002, October 13, 2002, yeah, that weekend. Really? Because I came there that Friday, and I saw you and Reese uh -huh. that, yeah, yeah, that sure Saturday, did. yeah. Right there at um, Marshall Fields, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, the next day we did the marathon. Boy, well, that was cold. It was cold. And I've done the Chicago Marathon, yeah. so I understand. In fact, it was the coldest marathon the, the year I did it. Yeah. Um, the headline in the Chicago Tribune was, Cold Day, Hot Feet. <laughs> I don't think that my feet were hot. Right. <laughs> I think my feet were blistered and I ended Oof. up sick with pneumonia. Okay. Are you still running? Still running every, every weekend. Uh -huh. Every weekend, a matter of fact, <laughs> when I was running Sunday, I got caught in a rainstorm on Spruill Avenue while I was running. Because I usually run from downtown to North Charleston and back. What is your advice for someone who is a striver? Oh, just believe in, in God and yourself. And you just have to get out there and work hard. Just work hard. That's all you do. Work hard and continue, like I said, to believe in yourself. And the rest will take care of itself. You have to trust in God, first and foremost. So that's what I would say to them. Just And just don't give up is what I'm basically saying. Just don't give up. Just, you know, keep at it. Well, Quentin, congratulations on creating a platform for people to speak their minds and to state their case. And it's been recognized widely by yes. elected officials, by Congress and, and state leaders as well. I'm, I bet you're pretty proud of that. Yes, yes. It's still overwhelming. But, I, you know, I, again, I thank God for the opportunity because without him, you know, none of this would be possible. this episode of Let's Talk. Let's Talk is produced by Eric Johnson. I'm the host, Carolyn Murray. We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye until the next time. Mm -hmm.